0: The
1: following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: I want to introduce you to something that everybody needs in their life, which is Adderall and compliments, which is also the name of my podcast. I'm Annabelle, and every week I want you to come kiki with me and my hilarious friends as we talk about everything from reality TV to dating fails, mental health. I promise it will make you laugh, and most importantly, it will make you feel so much better about your own life. So come join me and my baby stripper voice every Friday on iTunes, Spotify, and follow me on Instagram at Annabelle's Assisto and give me the greatest gift of all, which is validation. Hey, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create & Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. Welcome to this special episode of Work Party as part of our budget broadcast series in partnership with You Need a Budget. Whether it's starting the business, going on the trip, or renovation projects at home, a budget of all sizes can help you accomplish those dreams. And while the word budget can be scary or intimidating, you need a budget. Or YNAB likes to think it's more like a spending plan. YNAB began as a spreadsheet and has since grown into a leading personal finance platform that has helped hundreds of thousands of people take control of their finances, including my guests here today. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Chris and Julia Markham, the duo behind the dreamy home renovation DIY project and lifestyle blog, Chris Loves Julia, for episode two of our exclusive three episode series. Not only are they dedicated to all things design and renovation... They are also passionate about budgeting and love educating their audience on the freedom of strategizing their home design dollars. In this second episode of Work Party and YNAB's budget broadcast series, I'm sitting down with Chris and Julia to chat about how to use a budget, prioritize, be creative to not only set, but actualize your financial goals and why you should start today. So let's welcome Julia and Chris.
0: Happy to be here.
2: Thanks, Jacqueline. So happy to be here. So for people who might not be as familiar with your site and your story, can you give us just a quick background?
1: Yeah. So I started Chris loves Julia back in 2009. So over 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. Chris was at work. I was at home pregnant with our first child. And, but I remember he coming home from work and I said, Hey, I started this website called Chris loves Julia. I hope that's okay. And he was like, Sure. (laughs)
0: It's true. Yeah, go ahead.
1: And I started focusing on our first apartment, just making it really cute in a place that we would love to come home to and documenting it every day. So I've really written Chris Loves Julia every day for over 12 years.
2: Wow. And so much has changed, obviously, since then, but I remember that time period and how DIY and really renovation projects, uh, were really peak at that moment and, and kind of have continued to be of interest uh, for a while, but you guys not only talk about DIYs and renovations, you're passionate about budgeting and helping people strategize the way they use their money. So what inspired this passion and interest in money management alongside the DIY and renovations you guys were doing?
1: Yeah, honestly, it's been in the early years, we were on a really tight budget. I mean, hourly wages. And I would say in the early days, it was more important for me to make yeah, our absolutely. home look and feel a certain way. So we started prioritizing, carving out a budget for that. And as we have grown and over the years where people look at us and say, Oh, you're so you know lucky to be able to renovate your house and all these things. And I remind them of our early years where We had $25 a month to put towards our home. And I've always thought it was really important to make design and a feeling of home accessible at any budget and to help everyone achieve a place that feels like home no matter what their budget is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And as someone who's renovated, I've renovated two houses now. It's obviously all about the budget. So while the word budget can be really scary and feel very limiting, you know, why NAB likes to think of it more as a spending plan? So, how do you approach a a spending plan for renovations? And what does a typical budget breakdown look for you guys when you're renovating or starting a project?
0: When we first start budgeting for one of the projects that we're going to do, it's always we want to have the money to do the whole thing upfront. We decided early on that we didn't want to go into debt with any of these things. And so sometimes that would mean scaling back the project and maybe doing a phase one that was a little bit more approachable and then using that to save up for other things. The way that the budget looks really depends on the project and how big it is, if it needs electrical or plumbing or things like that. The things that could you know destroy your house, we hire those out to the professionals and we save the easier DIY things for ourselves. Those things will take more budget as well as time. You know, you're dealing with other people's schedules at that point as well. And so if we're adding those things in, obviously there's going to be more line items that we have to save up for.
1: Something that has always been really important to us. And it honestly does take some time to realize how much does a renovation really cost? And which is why we've always tried to be super transparent with our audience Giving them a budget breakdown, how much this costs, because it's honestly the number one thing to, if you want to renovate, you're going to need to know first and foremost, how much is this going to cost? And it's kind of always been a mystery out there. And so that's been a really big part of our education with our audience as well.
2: Yeah, I love that because truly no one has any idea. I mean, when I was renovating, know, a kitchen or this or that. I was like, well, how much did you pay? How much did it actually cost? And also you have to, you know, bacon obviously for those surprises. Tell us, has there been any surprises along the way for you guys where you were like, oh no, like we didn't expect this cost.
0: So this house, pretty much everything with it has been an unexpected expense. It's just grown beyond What we originally planned, mostly because we decided to go bigger with it, um, but also because we found mold all over the outside, had to rip it all off and redo it. That was not planned. And uh, yeah, those things pop up. And then when that does, even though we had not budgeted for that, because we had an overall budget and money in other places, we were able to then prioritize and say, well, we're not going to go on this vacation this year. We're going to take that money and put it towards this thing that just popped up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mold remediation is not fun (laughs) at all. I have been there. It is brutal. Um, It's like you wait for those results and then you're like, no, but yeah, that's just the the nature of the beast when you're, you're doing something like this. So not only are you guys business partners, but a couple in real life with two daughters. So how do you balance your other three daughters, Oh, three daughters, three daughters. Oh my God. Keeps on growing.
0: We might have four by now. I really don't know.
2: (laughs) TVD, truly. But how do you balance your other income and expenses while you're doing a renovation? Because obviously you have to take care of your family, food, vacations, like you said. So how are you doing
1: that in parallel? Honestly, it has it has shifted throughout our marriage. We've been married for you know over twelve years now, and I in the beginning did all the finances and worked on our budget, and we were talking about our spending every single day, we would check in at the end of the day and you everything know,
0: was purchased with a coupon,
1: everything probably. was purchased with a coupon and we talked about it. And then as we got more comfortable, or I would say as our visions kind of aligned and our goals aligned on our budget, you know, maybe those meetings would go to once a week, those budget reconciliation meetings.
0: So that was when I was still working and Jules was handling all the finances when we decided For me to quit my job and for us to pursue this full-time, we kind of swapped because she's the one who has all the talent. And so I just took over doing the money stuff. And by that point, we knew that we were aligned on things. We check in weekly. I am in there dealing with the money, paying the bills every day. And then I just update Jules. But there was that level of trust that we gained by working on it every day with each other so that we knew that we were on the same page. And we just didn't have to worry that the other person was out there spending a bunch of money that we didn't necessarily have.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's a hot topic for create and cultivate listeners and work party listeners, because it's like, how do I talk to my significant other about money? And obviously it's very transparent for you guys because you work together, but for people who maybe don't like, do you still recommend having those meetings, aligning priorities and making sure you're on the same page?
1: I think it's so important. And I think that the number one important thing, and this was actually how Chris Loves Julia got started, was I communicated really early on, like, it's important for me to live in a home that reflects who I am. I need money to do that. And, you know, for him, Chris likes to cook cook yeah. and golf. And, you know, we made sure that there was money set aside for those things. And I know that it's different for every relationship. For us, when he was the main one, bringing in money. I never felt like it wasn't my money.
0: Mm -hmm. We've really tried to kind of pour into each other's buckets. A relationship can be where one person is always giving, giving, and they find themselves empty. But when you're a true partnership and you're both looking out for each other and you both want the best for each other, neither one of you is ever empty and neither one of you is ever focusing on yourself. The other person is taking care of you and you can trust that.
1: So right now, I think that we're filling my bucket a lot with this passion, Chris's Julia, that I'm so passionate about. And maybe in a couple of years, we'll be switching to Chris's passion and doing something with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And being able to be aligned on that is so
2: important and probably took a minute to get there. I can imagine, but um, it sounds like obviously, again, this launched in 2009. So you guys have been at this for a while. So I heard that you guys created a financial wish farm, like where you start planting seeds and and budgeting towards those priorities. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means?
0: We have a a lot of different areas that we can spend money. And so our wish farm is, you know, we have our big thing that we want to do which might be, you know, retirement or early retirement, you know, something like that. We want to be retired by this year. And this is what we want our life after that to look like medium goal would be like doing a kitchen, something that can come up soon, but you still need a good chunk of money. And then small goals for us is like hobbies being able to fuel that, which originally was Julia and all of the home projects that she wanted to do. For me, it's, you know, buying, A little bit more expensive of an ingredient, maybe to cook, because I'm the cook in our home. So being able to fuel these hobbies. And so we have these different areas where you're putting money away and planning for all of them at once.
1: I think a wish farm is a great way to describe a budget because a lot of times people, like you said earlier, they look at a budget as this like restrictive, boring, limiting thing when Instead, you can shift your mindset and say, these are my wishes for my life, and I'm going to use my budget to make these a reality. I think that's a really positive money mindset and a positive budget mindset as well. I love that as a money mindset as well. So
2: tell us a little bit about how you use YNAB uh, as a partner.
0: Well, we were early on doing similar things to YNAB and kind of viewed things similarly just going through spreadsheets and YNAB honestly just made it a lot easier. And so now we can go once a week, I pull up what's going on, where the money is going, where it's coming in. And then we can talk about big expenses that are coming up using YNAB just made those meetings a lot faster than they used to be and a lot easier. And it's quicker for us to just get on the same page with what is happening because it's all right there. And you can see it real, real fast.
2: Awesome. And I'd love to hear your perspective on why budgeting is the best approach for you guys.
1: I think budgeting is the best approach for us because we have so many different areas where we want to spend money and where we have to spend money and to have every dollar have a job. It makes it really easy in the future going forward to see some of these categories grow. It almost feels like a game for us and it makes saving fun. And also when we do have an unexpected expense, YNAB makes it really easy for us to say, okay, well, we're going to pull it from this account, you know, for instance, like Chris said last year, we had this big unexpected expense come up and it happened to, be aligned with when the whole world shut down. So we were able to roll over some money from a different account that we are a different category in YNAB and apply it guilt-free. I think that it really allows us to spend money guilt-free, which is a different mindset than I think a lot of people have. You know, when you're in this saving mindset, it's like, oh, we're saving, we're saving, we're saving. And you can save and still spend guilt-free when it comes to a
0: budget. I think a concern that people have with budgeting is they say, I don't, I don't want to worry about my money all the time. If you don't have a budget, you worry about money a lot more than when you have a budget. Really, when you're budgeting, you're only worried about it when you're sitting down looking at it and making the plan. And you're not even worrying. You're just assigning things so that when you go out, time to go to dinner, you know what your budget is. Oh, well, maybe I won't get the lobster, I'll just give you know, the sirloin steak and still enjoy a good meal. You know, you don't reach a point at the end of the month where you're just wondering, am I going to be able to pay this bill or this bill? You don't have to worry about it at that point.
2: Yeah. I love that. There was this meme that we posted that got so many likes that was like, I just want to have enough money to not look at how much the block of cheese I'm buying costs. And I really related to that, (laughs) Um, but it was like, sometimes you just want to get that like expensive Brie situation and not have to worry about it, which I thought was really funny. Um, so obviously, you know, like you said, you guys started in 2009. Now you have three kids. So how have those financial goals and priorities changed over time? And then how do you reflect that in your budget as, as you're moving forward? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it yearly? Like, how are you creating those goals and changes?
1: I remember, you know, at the beginning when we had little babies, there was a big budget for baby stuff. I mean, delivering a baby for for one, and then it was like diapers and, you know, all the things that babies need. And now it's like we have actually a large clothing budget because our girls are growing like weeds and that has shifted away and a larger activities budget for them for, you know, horseback riding. And there's activities that they like to do, gymnastics and things. And the same has been true for our house budget. You know, this has now become our career. And so we've had to balance how much money are we going to be spending A renovation. It's not $25 a month anymore because that was our budget to begin with. And so we've had to really balance how much money are we going to spend on it versus how much value we're going to offer our audience and make sure that we're not
0: overspending in
1: any areas.
0: Our life today looks completely different than we would have even guessed five years ago. And so that's Mm -hmm. the importance of revisiting your budget so often. Life is constantly changing Mm -hmm. and your budget should change just as fast.
2: Absolutely. And given, you know, obviously coming out of 2020, I know here in Los Angeles, the real estate market is insane and people are snatching up houses left and right. So, for someone who maybe is starting on a home renovation project, do you recommend setting up a specific budget from the beginning? Do you recommend working backwards? Like, how should they start planning out if they're looking to do a renovation project?
1: My advice is always to gather inspiration of what you want it to be. And then the very second thing is set a budget. I believe, again, that you can achieve whatever look you want, no matter what your budget is. It might require a little more creativity, a little more DIY, a little more paint rather than replace. You can achieve the look that you want on your budget, but you're setting a budget has to be your second thing. And then we always advise to make a list or maybe there's that one thing that's just a non-negotiable for you and put that in your budget very first. Like, Oh, this rug that I want costs this much. And this is what I'm basing the entire room around. So this is my must have. A lot of people think that renovating on a budget means to do everything the cheapest as possible, but spend your renovation budget. You've set this money aside. You've assigned these dollars towards your renovation. It's time to spend the money and decide what's most important to you. And then save on things and splurge on things. We do a lot of save and splurge and some things you can save a lot more money on saving. For instance, cabinets, if you did like a ready to assemble cabinet, you're going to be saving tens of thousands of dollars versus if you splurge on hardware, it might only be $300. And so weigh out what you want to splurge on, what you want to save on, and then What's that non-negotiable that you're going to base the whole room around and save up your money to get the thing that you really, really want.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And the cabinet stuff is so true. Like we did completely custom cabinets in our old house, but then I always look at these semi handmade Ikea cabinets that are so cute and they look so amazing. And you're like, God, that would have been way cheaper. (laughs) But yeah, it's all about the spend versus splurge. I totally agree. And really phasing in, I think like what you want to be doing. I know that's what we've sort of done in our house. Um, but so when it comes to all the different goals you have, how do you guys know what to prioritize? So I know you're currently working on this new house, when it comes to different things that are popping up, especially when it comes to home renovations, like you said, do you prioritize the all like the invisible things that like, you know, the electrical, the plumbing, like, is that what you typically prioritize?
0: That's typically what gets the most amount of money, you know, honestly, in a lot of these, especially with this house, it's been true. And it's a really important and less glamorous thing. But uh, if you don't get that right, then. You know, if your plumbing is done wrong and you put in this really expensive backsplash, guess who's ripping out that backsplash to redo the plumbing. And so you want to make sure that that stuff is done correctly, even though it's less fun. Um, That way, all of the fun stuff will look better for a lot longer and it will, will function better. And so we always talk about layout of an area, especially if it's like a kitchen or a bathroom or something like that. We get the layout down first before we talk about finishes or anything like that, so that we know, okay, plumbing and stuff is going to have to move from here to here. You know, we're going to have to hire the plumber and we can get that bid out and use those numbers to then work backwards and say, okay, so now we have this budget for a freestanding tub or these fixtures in, in the shower, et cetera.
2: Interesting. Yeah, no, That's so smart. So how much do you recommend a budget for the surprises, the not so fun surprises? Typically, if you're doing a renovation, do you put like a little 10% pot in there or do you just kind of risk
1: it all? (laughs) We generally like to put 15% extra. And then the great thing about YNAB is like, hope that you have 15% extra in your renovations. Like I would definitely say, start with that and then be Ready. That it might even be more than that. So yeah, and
0: you can grab from some of those other areas as you need.
1: Yeah, and I like
2: your concept of making sure you have all the money up front, so that you don't feel like you're coming out of pocket or like you have to put something on credit. You know, it feel it doesn't feel like oh no, like I'm in this hole now. I have to dig myself out. So I really like that.
1: That is something that has really helped us roll over or age our renovation budget and increase it over time. Is we have all the money. Maybe we get creative during the project itself. And then we have leftovers sometimes, which allows us to do more projects in the future. So what are some
2: different and maybe even creative money-saving strategies that have helped you budget for your future goals or projects?
1: Oh man, so one thing that I used to do all the time, I used to sell a lot of things in my house on like Facebook Marketplace. And that honestly either helped me fund something that I actually liked or helped fund projects. And so I used to do a lot of that, like selling things I no longer love in my house to help fund other projects.
0: Yeah. A lot of times we'll get attached to something that we don't love because we spent money on it, but you know, budget for replacing it so that you love it, you know, mm-hmm. have to get the pieces in over time that you, that you really, really like.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I totally agree. The Facebook marketplace. My sister does that all the time. She makes such great money, especially when it comes to kids stuff because you outgrow it. And It's like you only yes. use it for a year. So like the snoo or whatever it is, that was like a $3,000 thing. It's like, she's like, I only used it once. And like now, you know, so I think that's really smart. And especially when it comes to, to home items too, I'm sure you guys have a million that you're like swapping in and out. Like yeah. those are all very valuable. So I, I love that. So can you also share some practical and actionable tips tips for everyone listening on how to cut unnecessary spending from their budget. Was that something that you guys learned? Was there anything that was like a huge saving for you that you were surprised about?
0: First, you have to identify what the unnecessary things are. A lot of times for us, it's entertainment stuff. I'm bored right now so I'm going to just go to the movies or at least, you know, in a different age, you would just go to the movies or I'm bored so I'm going to go spend this money to entertain myself. But for us, it's been getting to know our area, places that we can go on walks, on hikes, things that are free, public events that are coming up that you can go to that are still entertaining and kind of cuts out some of that spur of the moment. I'm bored. I just want to do something spending. Uh, But there's a lot of different areas that are...
1: Eating out is obviously a really big one when you're out and you're hungry and allowing yourself to... Obviously have an eat out budget, but also to eliminate some of that unnecessary to have just like ready-made snacks in the fridge or something where you have something that you want to eat or that you can eat right there.
0: Doing meal prep. We've had Mm. periods of time where we have to do a meal prep or we're really busy. We know we have a big week coming up and we don't want to just eat out every single night and spend all that money. We'll prep meals and have them ready to go.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really great one as well. I'm curious to know coming out of 2020, what were some financial lessons that you learned through the pandemic that you could share?
1: I think everyone really had to look at their finances during the pandemic and on what they were spending. And I remember at the beginning of last year, not really knowing, you know, what the future held for us or our business and we were so grateful to be able to have DIY in our back pocket and say, you know what, if we go back to just DIY and everything, you know, we're going to be okay. But I think that the major lesson for us was to be as much self-reliant as possible. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, if you can't have contractors in your house or you don't have the funds to hire someone, What can you do? And it's actually like a really empowering thing to look something up, figure out how to do it and then dive in and be like, I did it, feel great. And I saved a ton of money doing it too.
0: Yeah, I think when COVID hit, there was this collective reaction that was kind of like, is this really happening? Like we were all so confused and caught off guard and everything seemed to happen so fast and to change so quickly. When it hit, we were actually filming at our house And the entire film crew that was here, it just got really, really heavy for everybody because they were all losing their jobs as they were at our project. You know, they were headed home to a bunch of canceled projects. I think that really speaks to how important a budget is because we really don't know what is going to happen. And, you know, COVID, there's a lot of great things that are happening, vaccinations and places that are opening up and we're headed in a good direction. But obviously, the world is always changing. It's always growing. There's growing pains along with that that people are going to face and you don't really know what those are going to be. Nobody would have Mm -hmm. guessed that COVID came. But people who had that budget, they found themselves, you know, probably in a, at least a more peaceful situation financially, when everything else felt very uneasy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was definitely the mold on the outside of the house moment. (laughs) I was like, "Wait,
0: what?" (laughs) Um,
2: Yes, definitely challenging to navigate for sure. So we're going to end with some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Ready. The best piece of financial advice you've ever received?
1: I would say be generous from a very young age. Actually, my parents had me do a budget from a very young age, and I always had to give ten percent to charity right off the top. And so that's something that we still feel is really important. It's like an abundance mindset. You give and you'll receive. There's there's
0: karma for sure. Yeah.
1: I love that. Our number one tip to get your finances in
2: check is
0: start now and give every dollar a job, no matter how much that is or how big or small a job, every dollar needs to be assigned something.
2: Definitely. And the worst financial decision we've ever made
0: was maybe buying Buying this
1: house.
0: house. (laughs) It's turned out out okay, but it ended up being such a big like lots of big expenses. So financially it was really, really, really big. Yeah. uh,
1: Emotionally, we love this house. Financially, it wasn't the best financial decision. But the love is still there. The yes. love is yeah, of yes. course. Yeah. we'll yeah. get
2: through it. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. And I feel like that's what always happens with the houses. So my husband and I closed on our house on March 15th last year.
1: Oh so wow. it was like
2: the day <laughs> yeah. when we were like, Is this the worst decision okay. we've ever made? Like we'll find <laughs> out, but it ended up being okay. So yeah. you never know. So the and do. the best the things work out. Yeah, the, the best financial decision you've ever made.
1: Okay, so we sold our very first house back in 2013 and we really wanted to do a new kitchen in our house that we bought right after that. And instead we paid off all of Chris's loans, student loans with that. And we got out of debt and it was the best financial decision we ever made. A
0: lot less sexy than a new kitchen, but (laughs) it was definitely the right decision. And just the stress that it took off, we were able to enjoy our home so much more.
2: I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Getting out of debt is huge. Well, thank you guys so much for your amazing advice and good luck on the renovations. We are all going to be watching. Thank you so so much, much, Jacqueline. For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at work party on Instagram and at it's a work party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is work party.